I don't know if you hear about Ben Ferenc. Ben Ferenc came out a documentary just lately about him. The lawyer, right? Yes. Very interesting that you know. Most of the people, I never heard about him. Ben Ferenc is now 99 years old. He was the chief prosecutor in the Eisensgruppen, uh, uh, the Nazis in Nuremberg, in the Nuremberg trials. He was in one of the 12 trials that took place in Nuremberg. He was the main the chief prosecutor. Ben Ferenc was born in Satmer. In, and when he was born, it was, it was uh, Romania. Now Romania, was it and his, when his sister was born two and a half years before it, it was hungry. Then he says that we were both born in the same bed, but she, she was Hungarian and I was Romanian. And then he says, but one thing was, was true for both of them, both of them hated Jews, they were anti-Semites. After, when he was less than a year old, his parents immigrated Romania and they came to America. They came to the United States penniless two people, don't, don't have the language, don't have a job, don't have a profession. He said his father knew how to make boots, but the only thing he didn't know that nobody boots here, nobody wears boots and nobody makes boots. And uh, he said he was lucky enough, his father, to find a job as a, as a maintenance guy in one of the tenements buildings in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Because of that, he got, he got a little room in the basement where he can live. He says, this is his early memories. He grew up, he says, in a neighborhood full of crime. And therefore he decided he was always interested how to stop crime. He made it to a good high school in, in New York, City College, I think. And um, to yeah. Harvard Law School. And then he was accepted to Harvard Law School because, for, for, with a scholarship because he wrote an old essay about criminology or something like this. When he finished Harvard Law School, World War II, uh, America got involved in World War II. It was 1943, all his friends joined the army. He wanted to join the army too. He had one problem. He's five feet tall. And they like, didn't know what to do with him. But eventually, he joined and he landed in Normandy. And he said, he tells a story that the officer, they put him in the water. Everyone in the water came to the ankles. Then it came to the knees. And the, the officer that took it turned them around and said, Berlin is there, young man. Good luck. He survived the war. He fought. But in 1945, by the end of, before the end of the war, I think in April or even earlier, they moved him to another department in the army. And his job, because he's a lawyer, and his job was to collect evidence to persecute the Nazis later. He, used to say that he, came, in, he came into the camp, collected evidence, and moved right in the next camp. He says, it was so bad in the camp. There was so much sickness. So all the, it was the rats. It was, it was beyond human being can even describe. And going from camp to camp, he says, people were like, you didn't know if they were alive or dead. He said, the crematoriums are still working. The machine was working. It was horrible. And then he collected the evidence, and he came back to America. He was sure he will never see Europe again. Because he didn't want to see Europe again. Right. A few months later, or even less, he gets a telegram from the Pentagon. They need him for the Nuremberg trials. He was hired, uh, uh, taken with another 50 people, I think, 
to collect evidence to prepare for the Nuremberg trials. He went back, he found a girl in America, he got married, and he went back to, in 1946, I think, he went back to, he came in the end of 1945, he came to America, 1946 he went back, I think in March. His wife went with him a few months later. He came there, he started to collect evidence, and he found a box with classified evidence that they describe in details the Eisen's uh, Eisen's group, they were the, the action, yeah. the, oh, they were the action, they were called the action groups. But that's a very nice name. Well, what's, what is the action? Anytime the army conquered the city, their job was to come in and to kill all the Jews in the city. Jews, gypsies, anybody they didn't like. And they documented in details who is the soldier who killed, how much he did, for how long, how many people, how many children, how they killed them, every detail was, was there. A huge pack of uh, information. He started, he started to read and he started to count how many people they killed. He says when he came to a million people, a million Jews, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of kids, at that point, he came to his, to him, one who's in charge of him, he says we have to do a special trial for the Eisenstadt group. And he doesn't know, we have already taught trials for so many groups of people. They cannot do this because in, in top of the main Nuremberg trial, they made 12 trials for different groups of people, for industrials who helped the Nazis, for doctors who were doing experiments on, on the Jews, for, a a lawyer, for judges who, who preferred the law. Different groups, they took two, 12 different groups. He says, we have already so He says, no, you have to do it. Finally, he tells them, if you can continue to do your job and take this job on your own, you can do it. They agreed. Now, there were 3,000 people in these action groups. He could only choose 24. Why 24? Because the court cases, the courtrooms in Nuremberg had 24 seats for uh, people to prosecute, 24 people right. to put in. And then we had to choose 24 people. Yeah. He said he chose only people with PhDs. He wanted to show, he said one person had two PhDs, right. two doctorates. He wanted to show that these educated people did the most atrocities in the world. And then the court, the court started. They told him, where is your witnesses? He said, I don't need witnesses. I have everything written. They own their own writing. He says, I need one thing. I just asked him, is this your name? Yeah, yeah? thank you very much. He says, in two days, he rested his case. Yeah. Take them took them another five months. Everyone had a lawyer mm -hmm. to try to lie and disturb the truth and find excuses. The main excuse was that they, they, were, they, were, threatening for, they were threatened for their lives. That maybe these people, the Jews, are communists. And if the communists will come back, the Jews will, will destroy them. And why the kids you killed? Because they'll grow up communists. Then we have to kill them when they were little. And, they were, and 14 of the 24 got that sentence. And all were, uh, were found guilty. The bottom line, only three were actually were hanged. Right. The rest of them were uh, sitting in jail. And you know, in 1958, I think everybody was pardoned. Everybody was pardoned. It's a little disappointing, but that's the, that's the truth. Okay. 
Many people don't know that. Less than 10 years after they were uh, found guilty, they were already pardoned, everybody. Looks like people, it was more a show than really. Really had to do with the Cold War. And that's what it is. And by the way, yeah, he told me, he says that the whole court took place in the American zone. Right. I mean, it was only American lawyers because they couldn't work with, with, with the, with the Russians. Russians. The Russians, whoever they found, they wanted to get rid of. They didn't need a court case. No. <laughs> <laughs> Stalin did not have this kind of problems. No, he didn't. He said later, he was the joint appointed him to deal with the with West, uh, Western uh, Germany to uh, negotiate the deal of the reparations mm -hmm. and the money for, for Israel and for the people and for the Jews who suffered from the Holocaust. And he was doing it. He, he ended up to be in Germany for 10 years. All his four kids were born in Germany. Mm -hmm. Then he came back to America and he worked as a private lawyer. Then he started to get involved with uh, setting up an international co uh, court system what is called the uh, the International Court of, Just of Justice, I think. Something like this, yeah, yeah. and and uh, to prosecute other criminal, um, whoever whoever one is doing doing crime against humanity. Right. And he goes around and he speaks to young people. He said his main message is whatever people tell you it's impossible, it's possible. Do it, and it'll become possible. Mm -hmm. And now he's giving his money. He's donating his money to the Holocaust Museum for a special project that they do the way he wants. I think he wants to give them every $10 million. I think he wants to give them $10 million. He has a line, he says, <laughs> when, he became, when he became the chief prosecutor in Nuremberg, they made him a general. They got, the army made him into a general, gave him the ranking of a general. He says, since Napoleon was nobody, no, no other general was so short as he was. <laughs> and he's speaking at the, on the podium, Right. He had to take a box to be able to get up, they should see him. I know what that's like. <laughs> five feet. You're not five feet. Uh, five foot I'm, I'm short. And, he, and the, the, the joke is he makes fun of himself right. constantly. Right. He, he, say, he, says, he says, why he wants to give his money back? He says, I was born poor, and he wants to die poor. It's interesting because this is that there is a verse, you know, there's a verse that we say from the book of Job every time by a funeral, God is taken, God is given, God is taken. The beginning of this, the same verse is, is an interesting line. God says, uh, and Job says, I came out naked from my mother's womb and I will return back naked. Basically the same line. Right. This Jew, this uh, Ben Ferenc, he came from a traditional home. He knows, he is phrasing his quote based on the, on the Bible. Right. Now this man dedicated his life to something that's written in the parish of this week. Justice, justice he should pursue. Tzedek, Tzedek Tirdov. The name of the parish right. is, huh? It's in Isaiah. It's in the book of Deuteronomy, it's in the parish. Oh, Could be, yeah. but yeah, because this is a concept right. that's written in right. many prophets. But in the Torah, it's written Parsha Shoftim this week. It's written Tzedek 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 He should pursue justice. But then the Talmud is asking why the two questions: to pursue justice, to to when you are a judge, to judge you, you uh, uh, people come to you justly. It's already written in the book of Leviticus. It's written Tzedek Tishpot Amitecha. You should judge your friend ju uh, justly means to say, be honest about it. 
then why is the Torah repeating again? The Torah doesn't repeat again things the same thing just for Koshesna. If it's repeat, repeating again, there is a message here. The Torah wants to tell us something more. Especially, the second question is, why here the Torah says the same word twice? Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdov. Justice, justice, you should pursue. Say Tzedek, Tirdov. The Torah doesn't say the same word twice because it's not poetry. We want to say something. Then the Talmud says something very interesting. One is for a regular court case, and one is for a court case that's Din Merume, it's called. What does this mean? The judge is sitting in court, and the two witnesses show up, and they give you evidence, and the lawyer is resting his case. And listen, by the law, this is, is right and is wrong. And you issue the, the, the ruling. But the judge feels in his heart that something is not right. He feels, he goes home to eat lunch or lays in bed and he thinks to himself, something is fishy. Now the question is, what should he do with it? Usually, can I be behind the law? That's what the law is. I, made, I went through the procedures. Right. He said this, I interrogated them, cross-examined them. Everything went through good. Torah says, no. Tzedek, tzedek, he should pursue. Righteous, it just as just he should pursue. It means to say, if you have a feeling in the, in the subconscious that something is not ideal, go back and search for it and pursue it and dig until you find the truth. Don't say, don't hide behind, behind the ladder of the word of the law. You have to, you have to find the real, the, the real truth. That's one meaning of the word. The, why, that's one answer of the Talmud, why the Bible writes tzedek, 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 twice. But then there is another one, the Talmud says, something very interesting. One is for ruling, making the law justice. The other one is for compromise. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? Talmud says, very interesting example. Two camels are coming from two sides on a very narrow bridge. Part of them showed up to the peak of the bridge at the same second. One says, you go on back. I have to go. You say, I came first. I came as well. You go, you go, you go. We should go. Talmud says, the, the law is like this. If one camel has, is, is loaded as cargo, the other one is empty, then one is empty should go back and let the one with cargo to go first. If one is... Uh, going the further destination, and one is a shorter destination. The one is a shorter destination should move away and let the one who is, who is go, going further to go first. Make it easier on the one who bears the grain. Exactly. The same thing is about two boats. They come into a very narrow pet of water, eating each other. Who should go first? The same rules. Right. But then the Talmud is asking, what if both of them have cargo? Both of them go to the same destination. Both of them everything. Now what? Talmud says they make a compromise. How you do it? One will go first and the other one will pay the other. The, the one who gives in will get money. The one who goes first will pay money to the one who doesn't go first. Makes sense? That's compromise. What does this mean? There is justice. Compromise is not just secondary. I have no choice. I have to compromise. In Judaism, compromise is also the will of God. This is justice. Mm -hmm. Not just, and Jewish law says, actually the Talmud says, then, then in the Beidin, the mitzvah of the Beidin, the Jewish court, 
to look for a compromise. Number one, to offer a compromise. If they insist, no, we want to go all the way, then you have no choice, you have to go all the way. But the best way is to go to, find, to reach a compromise. Right, of course. And it's interesting, the word tzedek has more than one meaning. It means justice, but means also tzedakah, mm-hmm. charity, be charitable. That one represents justice. The other one means to be charitable. A person can say, compromise, I'm only losing. I have nothing to win. I, I, I'm right. Be charitable. Make it work. Right. And everybody is happy. That's what, that's what justice means. The second justice the Torah says you should pursue, not number one. Not the law, like drilling, go all the way until, until we get blue. Yeah, it's about being fair and equitable. Exactly, about creating a normal society of people that can get along and can make it work. You know, it's written, the month of fellow, we we should give ed charity. But charity doesn't have to mean only money. Charity means to be charitable, to make a compromise, to give in, to let go. All of these things... Well, it's funny. I think there's sort of a mistranslation here because... Tzedek doesn't really mean charity. Does it? Not, I know. Not, not in the, not in the sense of charity. Not in the Christian way. But it means to be more giving. Right. And, and, and you know what? The Zakah means righteousness. Right. That righteousness means to be more righteous, to do the extra mile. And when I'm charitable, when I'm doing righteousness, God also is not going with me like this. Eh, I'm right. You're wrong. He says, you know what? You give in. You make a compromise. Let's reach a compromise. We ask from God and Rosh Hashanah, we come to God, to me, say, God, God, let's work out a compromise. I'll give him a little bit, you give him a little bit. I promise you'll be a good boy next year. And it's a good message for marriage too. It is. It's all about compromise. You know, the, the mezuzah, there is one way, is an angle. One way says you have to be straight, the other way says there's to be uh, the, uh, laying horizontally. We do it a little in the middle. Compromise. When a couple gets com- comes to the wedding, to the house, the first mitzvah they met, meet is the mezuzah. The mezuzah is the reminder. Not there, not there. A little. And this, this is what the month of hell is all about. Tzedek, tzedek, tirdov. The first tzedek is, righteous, is, is justice. The second tzedek is righteousness. This thing you should pursue.